So today, for Socially Distanced Close-Ups, I'm joined by Oscar Edelman, a man that I have tremendous respect for because he came up through the industry of venture capital. At first, he started off as actually an Eagle Scout, which is always very, very impressive to me because it takes real determination and dedication for that. And then later on became a venture capitalist at a, at a great startup venture capital fund that's just killing it, Sinai Ventures. And now you're actually in the position of being a CEO of a startup that really has the potential to transform the industry. So if you're not already following Oscar on social media or connecting with him on LinkedIn or wherever else, I highly recommend it because there's big things in store for this guy. And I'm just really thankful that you're joining us for Career Up Now, Socially Distanced. Wow. Wow. Bradley, thank you very much. Um, you did not need to do that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, just speaking the truth, brother. And I mean, one more thing, because originally when we met, the thing, one of the things that I was really impressed with, as you know, I run a startup that's a mentoring organization, and you actually took me out for sushi in our first meeting and then drove me home because it was raining. And I mean, just like it's such a character reflection of what you have because I'm just like this nonprofit executive director who could just like by a lot of people is just blown off to the side but by you you took a real interest and I'm just incredibly thankful for you so if you I recall that. correctly it was grocery store sushi and <laughs> it was it was not a it was not a fancy meal but yes it was quality time together and and we we got to bond in the car a little bit you're 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 right about at least the high level storyline there yeah, the devil's in the details. So what I'd love to know is share with us your story of how and why you became an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. So there's two different stories here, right? There's how I became an entrepreneur and then why I started Remy. Um, the how I became an entrepreneur is pretty simple. My role model in life is my grandfather. He is uh, an entrepreneur and was a small business owner started from scratch and built a company that was able to provide for his family and was always a creative thinker and an innovator and ahead of the curve, if you will. And he instilled that in really everybody in my generation, in our family, in the Edelman family, in particular myself and my cousin. And so growing up, we had a used golf ball business where we would fish golf balls out of ponds on golf courses and resell them. Started out as a small little business, and you know, I'll give credit to my cousin who invented a device that allowed us to start collecting hundreds and, and thousands of them. My grandfather still has, I think, about 20,000 golf balls in his garage, so he's set for the rest of his life. And I've always loved uh, entrepreneurship and innovation. I spent a lot of time in school in that ecosystem. And then you know, one day I was presented with the opportunity to pitch an idea, pitch a company to an investor who I have a lot of respect for, who's now Remy's uh, lead investor, Jonathan at Foundation Capital. And you know, that morning I had woken up with jaw pain and I've been grinding my teeth for over a decade. And I had, couldn't find my night guard from the previous night. And this was probably the fifth or sixth night guard that I had lost in as many years. And I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to admit, you know, every time you lose one of these things, it's two trips to the dentist and, and an appointment and 500 bucks. And it, at least it depends where you're going. I, I don't even want to share how much I've paid for some of these in the past. But when you lose one and you can't sleep, 
it's that where you go to the pharmacy and you get a boil and bite over the counter guard and those are much more affordable, 15, 20, 25 bucks, but it's like sleeping with a block of rubber in your mouth. It's fine if you're going to play football. It's not so great if you're trying to sleep. So there was this unique pain point in my life. So at the same moment that I was asked to be creative and come up with an idea and, and pitch a company and won't tell the whole Remy story here because that wasn't your question, but I will say... That conversation led us down a path of research and innovation um, and understanding that uh, about six months later has brought us to where we are today. It's amazing. I mean, it was literally a physical pain point and a pain point in the marketplace, which I mean, from my own experience, having night guards over the years and grinding my teeth and losing them and spending thousands of dollars on them. And I currently don't have one because it's a little bit out of my budget and I don't currently have a dentist in my new place that I'm living and I just don't have time to do it. When I researched your company and saw what it was doing, I mean, you got the text from me. I was like, hey, can you hook me up with a night guard? Because like, it's painful and like yeah. my teeth are wearing away. And I mean, it's really like a metaphor for life, I think, with the idea that so many people that are grinding are literally grinding like both ways, both in their life and entrepreneurship with their family, but also their teeth. And we just have one set of those unless we pay for more. So, so impressive. A question for you is one of my mentors that we have in common was actually one of my first board members on the nonprofit, the last nonprofit I started in Israel, Eric Reiner, who's a young guy starting a VC fund, even though he worked for a number of years in the VC world. And then at a company and then started his own fund and had brilliant role models around him. What was it like for you being a young guy and sourcing some major deals and being in that space? Yeah, gosh, I learned so much from Eric and Jordan and Dan and Mike and the rest of the team at Sinai. It was an incredible two years that we shared. I mean, we really started from the ground floor. When we, collectively, the five of us came in, the fund was just getting started and we over the course of two years built a really amazing portfolio very quickly of some great companies many of whom are are doing very well there's a lot of lessons that we learned out of that but certainly some of the lessons that i learned is just sometimes it makes sense to move fast you know, the reason that we got into a lot of the great deals that we did is because we were able to be a fast VC. We were able to get into deals quickly. We were able to sort of work late, get the memo out in record time. I got quite good at writing memos, both thoroughly and quickly. And we were willing to sort of meet and and have conversations at odd hours or on the weekends. And push things through so that, you know, we could be the VC that, that comes in and, and moves quickly when needed. And I think Sinai did a great job in building our reputation as such. And I learned a lot of that from Eric, who was an amazing mentor then and continues to be a great friend. I mean, I gotta, I gotta ask, going back to Remy and this theme of like grinding and hustling and like the VC world is intense. I mean, like you were describing, like deals late at night, writing memos, traveling a lot. What impact did that have on your teeth and jaw and like muscles? Yeah. Well, there are plenty of studies that link stress, anxiety, high 
pressure working situations with bruxism, you know, nocturnal you know, teeth grinding. Certainly there were periods at Sinai where I was more stressed than others. And you know, I wish I had been keeping a closer track of this, but certainly there were also times where I was grinding my teeth more. And teeth grinding is generally a chronic condition, meaning that you have it or not. And once you have it, if you have it, you're doing it pretty consistently. Definitely it, it ebbs and flows. And sometimes it's more of an issue in your life than others. Sometimes it keeps you awake. Sometimes it wakes you up. Other times, either you get used to it or maybe it subsides a bit and it just becomes part of the routine. Certainly, we had late nights at Sinai that, that probably exacerbated the problem, but not just at Sinai. I mean, folks who are going through college and have late night exams, this flares up. Folks who are on big projects, on business trips, et cetera. Anytime where you're in, in high pressure situations, I found that it's even more important to have your night guard with you, which is why the most common place that I lose mine is the hotel room. Often is the worst place to lose it as well, because it's very hard to, to quickly get it replaced when you're on a trip. You end up with those housekeeping that's like digging through the trash, trying to find it. <laughs> I, I have never successfully found one after it's been thrown away. I mean, it, it's very small. It's transparent. I don't blame anybody for throwing it away accidentally, because it, it often looks like it's something that you've wrapped up in a, in a napkin or a tissue, and you, you can't even see it. So yeah, it's a funny little device that decides if you can sleep and wake up the next morning refreshed or not, and is, at least from the dentist, shockingly expensive, yet when you hold it in your hands, it looks like nothing. It's so true. It's going just sticking to that theme of guards. When in your earlier life, you were an Eagle Scout, which as I mentioned at the beginning, like I have tremendous respect for. What are some of the Eagle Scout values or things that you learned in Eagle Scout that's enabled you be, to become so successful, so dedicated, so quickly? So I think the Eagle Scout motto, the values that most people are familiar with, even if, if you're not an Eagle Scout or, or you don't really know many Eagle Scouts, is the be prepared, right? A Boy Scout and Eagle Scout is prepared. Certainly, I think members of my team would tease me that I, I can over-prepare and that I sort of obsess over preparation you know, before we have uh, team calls, before I speak with folks, there's always prep work that goes into it. I'm not the type that will have, uh, you know, meetings or calls back to back to back and no time in between to sort of refresh myself and, and you know, take the time to look up the person, be prepared, have questions. I find, for example, even in this type of conversation, Vital, you know, you've come to this conversation prepared. You know I'm an Eagle Scout. You, you remember that I was at Sinai Ventures. You, you made the personal connection to Eric, somebody who, who we share in our lives. I like to do that with every conversation, every call that I have. And so it takes a little bit extra time sometimes, but, but to come at things prepared usually uh, rewards itself in dividends. What advice do you have for emerging or aspiring entrepreneurs? The best advice that I got when I was considering this move, so I'm, I won't take credit for the advice, I'll just sort of continue to pass it along. There's no perfect time to do something. If, if you wait for the perfect time, the perfect opportunity, the perfect moment to do something, you could be waiting forever. When I was considering leaving venture and, and going and starting a company, 
you know, his questions is, is it the right time? You know, should I, should I have more investing experience under my belt? Should I invest more in my network? Should I wait until, you know, I know exactly who my entire team would be? Should I wait until I have enough mentors to fill up a whole, you know, board of directors? You know, at what point is it the right moment to do something like that? And some really good advice I, I got from mentors in my life was that there is no perfect or ideal time to do something. And there, you'll always be able to find something that maybe I should wait for this. Maybe I should, I should do that. And it's different than being prepared, right? Because you can prepare for something even if it's not a great time to do so. And, and I think we did a good job of that at Remy. But looking back on the past six months, if I had known that we were going to be launched into a, a global pandemic, about a week and a half after you know Remy went live to the public, um, in hindsight, was that the perfect time to be launching a company? No, but I'm glad that we did it. And I would, if I could go back, I wouldn't change that because I believe that you can't wait around for the perfect time to to pounce on an opportunity. You you have to take it when it's in front of you. And I mean, I hope for your company that being in this pandemic less people are going to the dentist or able to go to the dentist. So more people need your product, which leads me to my final question. What is your vision for Remy as far as disrupting the industry or really growing into this game changer for, you know, hundreds of millions of people? The night guard space is a very exciting one. It's what got us excited. It's what got us into this. You know, I, I told a little bit about the, the Remy story and how we got here. And so it was really the catalyst for all of this. And it's a, a shockingly big market that people don't talk about. Somewhere between one and three and one in five adults grind their teeth every night. Now, it's not clear how many do wear a night guard, how many should, how many could, how many would. We're still figuring all that out. And I think we're actually, we're, we will change that over time. And the accessibility of a custom night guard of a, of a professional grade solution will change how many people are, won't change how many people should, but it would be interesting to, to sort of build our own data set on that. But we want to be more than just a night guard company, just like Casper wants to be more than a mattress company or Away wants to be more than just a, a travel suitcase company. Every company, every team needs to have aspirations that, that you can build towards. And sometimes it takes years of planning and prep work in order to get to that second or that third or that fourth product. At Remy, we were, we were very lucky. My co-founder, Iana, who, who comes from the PM world and, and was at Estee Lauder uh, previously, and she came in and immediately spotted an opportunity. Uh, and said, hey, we're making these custom night guards, these custom trays. You know, why don't we offer professional grade whitening for the customers who are using our night guards? And so we went out and we tested it and we, we tested how many would want it of our existing customers. And it was, you know, overwhelming vast majority, you know, more than 90%. And so we went out and we designed a special formula and, and we worked with suppliers and we got the best, you know, U.S. made, um, all natural stuff. And we sold it to those night guard customers. And then we started getting feedback that, hey, you know, my, my boyfriend or my fiance or my partner, they don't grind their teeth, but they see me wearing this. And they're wondering, can they just order a night guard and whitening gel and, and use it to whiten their teeth? And that's when we really realized, hey, 
there's a second opportunity here in what we're already doing to offer whitening. So that's what we, we went out and we did. And of course it took prep work and, and, and preparation, but we got there and, and shortly after we launched the Night Garden product line, we launched the custom whitening tray product line. And there will be, uh, there'll be more exciting announcements in the future in the sleep and wellness space generally is what I will say, not necessarily in the in custom oral space, but in sleep and wellness. And when we as a company take time out of our busy schedules to all do a, a brainstorming session or all, you know, look at the data that we, we get back from speaking to our customers and really try to understand where we want to be in, in three, six and 12 and 24 months. And, and we do talk about these things as a team, not as frequently as, as I'd like, but um, maybe as frequently as we can for now. But we talk about ourselves as a sleep and wellness company and about being able to fulfill on our mission of really reinvigorating and revitalizing folks so that they can be their best the next day. Because I know that, you know, when I'm not wearing my night guard the night before, just like that day where I went and, and had, had the idea and, and talked to Foundation Capital about it, you're not on the top of your game. And just like if you don't have the confidence that you get from being able to look in the mirror or look on a Zoom call and, and see, you know, white teeth, you know, you're not necessarily performing your best. And so if we can unlock products and areas in consumers' lives that help them be the best person they can be the next day, that's what we want to do. I mean, I love that there's such a social slash life health mission and just your dedication to that because for people that grind and are grinding in life and work in those areas this is such an important thing so i want to wish you tremendous success in this and of course all of your worthy endeavors and thanks for joining us for career up now socially distance close-ups thank you Bradley.